The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Music that reminds us of uh, the men and women who serve in the United States military, and we'll resume doing that next week, but... um, you know, sometimes there's all kinds of stuff going on, whether it's going on in your personal lives or it's going on at your workplace. You know, sometimes we just sort of miss miss the uh, the tried and the true. So uh, please forgive me. It is not that I have forgotten the men and women who serve in the United States military. As a matter of fact, I think about them all the time. I think about the insanity of this so-called woke military. I think about you know the fact that quietly la- during this week, the Department of Defense rescinded the vaccine mandate after they had ruined the careers of so many women and men who served. You know, this, these afterthoughts and these uh, never say your sorries, really just, uh, I'm, I'm tired of it. I wish that somebody would take responsibility for the things that they do in government because they affect us profoundly. And we don't just forget about them so easily. But of course, uh, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. You all feel the same way I do. And there's no question in my mind that things are about to change dramatically. You know, I'm looking at this concerted effort that people are obviously, I mean, there is zero question in my mind that the Democrat Party has decided they've had enough of the doddering old man, and they're setting him up. You know, I'm not the first person to say this, and I'm sure many of you have thought it, but they are setting up Joe Biden uh, to make sure that he can't run. So they'll have gotten rid of Joe Biden one way or another. I have no idea who they think can run in his place. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is now probably the most damaged transportation secretary in the history of uh, American cabinets. They have uh, a vice president who has just basically disappeared. I mean, you remember how they used to do Where's Waldo? Okay, well, where is... uh, Where's Kamala Harris? There was an article in The Spectator today that says the more people see of Harris, the more her incompetence is exposed. The less people see of her, the more irrelevant she becomes. That's a terrifying statement. You don't want to be that kind of public uh, elected official. I remember that when uh, they announced that Kamala Harris was going to be the running mate for Joe Biden. Everybody was so excited in the media. I mean, in spite of the fact that she couldn't win a single race when she just thought she would be the presidential candidate, I don't know what they thought she would add. I guess it was because he said he needed a black female. And uh, so she got dubbed the female Obama. And we were, oh, wait till you see her. She's going to make everybody uh, just uh, sit up and take notice. That's what they kept telling me anyway. Apparently they forgot that she had already been rejected by Democrat voters. She was out of the Democratic presidential primary, rather, before they had the caucus in Iowa. Her campaign ran out of cash. 
her poll numbers were hovering around, uh, you know, half a percent. <laughs> but then, of course, as soon as the New York Times heard that she was going to be, oh, this is historic. She's going to be the first woman of color, uh, you know, for national office by a by a major party, and oh, she has a gift, and she's uh, she's she's electric, and uh, you know, come on. We're still waiting, though, to tell you know for somebody to to explain to me and to you. What is so wonderful about Kamala Harris? Because I don't think any, anybody outside of a newsroom at the New York Times or the Washington Post or at the uh, CNN, I don't think any of them could give me a single factoid about what she's done as vice president. He made her the czar of the border. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, right? She was an unyielding antagonist of the Trump administration. That's all I kept hearing. I don't know. I don't think anybody paid any attention to her. If you've ever watched her speak, you know, I don't think that you would think that she had some charismatic presence. You know, ask the people who worked for her. You know, all the ones who said working for her and it was like working in an abusive environment where people feel like they're being treated like, and then she they use the SH word. You might as well, you know, call the Washington Post and the New York Times arms of the Democrat Party, right? Because all they do is praise whoever the Democrats put forward. Oh, she's the one. Well, this is a diverse party. This is a party that's going to be, uh, you know, led by women and women of color. And, and, and then, of course, she, gaff after gaff after gaff. She said, uh, you know, the stupidest things. I mean, Joe Biden says the stupidest things, but hers were pretty awful, you know. Ukraine is a country in Europe. She said it exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Say what? Uh, space is exciting. It forces us to ask. It affects us all. It connects us. You know, she's just, she lacks seriousness. She lacks competence. She lacks knowledge. You look at her White House bio and said she has helped to get America vaccinated. I would not put that on my resume. Just saying. That she helped rebuild our economy. Eggs are $6.39 a dozen right now. She, you know, she had, she's re, reduced child poverty. Really? That's not the latest statistic I've heard. And then she passed an infrastructure law that'll lift up communities that have been left behind. Guess what? The same communities that were left behind are still left behind. She is the first person who should ever get credit for vaccines reminds me of the time when during the 2020 election in an attempt to just you know make herself relevant she said oh i'm not taking any vaccine that donald trump put together uh-uh and then she supports stuff like the green new deal how's that rebuilding the economy how's that reducing child poverty how's that securing the border how's that anything and she played a key role in engaging world leaders. Really? Like when she said that we were allies with North Korea? Standing there in the demilitarized zone? Look, Joe Biden wants to run again. Amazing, right? But guess what? She's not going to be the candidate. 
no matter what he decides. I don't even believe he will keep her on the ticket if he decides to run and if the Democrats are stupid enough to let him, although it looks like they're pretty, pretty, uh, you know, active right now trying to make him disappear. She's the incredibly shrinking vice president. He's about to become the incredibly shrinking uh, president, which is okay with me, you know, because these people on the left, they are out of their minds. You know, now you got to hide your stove. Okay, that's right. The, the Biden administration actually proffered an idea, which they've already had to rescind, as they do so many of their ideas, but they actually proffered an idea that nobody should have gas stoves because they make you asthmatic or they make children asthmatic. And I'm still sitting here tra scratching my head trying to figure out, like, why would they make anybody asthmatic? What kind of ventilation systems are in homes that have gas stoves? I've had gas stoves. We had this massive hood in order to pass an inspection when a gas stove is in, installed, at least here in the state of Florida, man, you go through some serious hoop jumping. And I'm sure it's no less in blue states like New York and California. So can you imagine saying, no, 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 you can't have gas stoves because it might make your kids asthmatic? Like how about the fact that, that part of the reason kids are asthmatic is because we have allowed uh, slumlords to keep uh, Im impoverished kids in minority communities in apartments and, and buildings that still have all kinds of toxins in the paint, lead in the paint, and, and, and all kinds of stuff floating around and insulation and all of these other things. They never pay attention to that. No, no, it's instead your gas stove is causing asthma. I'm sorry. But these people are just so awful. You know, the, the, the Kamala Harris's, the Joe Biden's, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Adam Schiff's, the Eric Swalwell's, the Ilhan Omar's. I mean, the list goes on and on of people who should never, ever be allowed anywhere near decision-making when it comes to this country and the direction this country is going in. And yet, we got a passel of them sitting around saying like, well, maybe we should, uh, you know, uh, everybody has to have an electric car. We have no way of charging them, mind you, and these batteries are really hard to replace and they cost a lot of money, but hey, you know, we, we think it would be good. AOC likes the idea, and since she pulls the strings now, you can't make this stuff up. You don't have to make it up. All you gotta do is wake up in the morning, you know, open up a newspaper, or today we open up a browser, and we start to look at the stories that are up there. And within minutes, you know, I'm cool. I can tell you what we're going to talk about. Now we have the attorney general who has to be the worst attorney general ever. I mean, this guy is just, Merrick Garland is just awful. Now he's got to have a special counsel to look into the Biden uh, documents and, and, and he, you know, so there goes his political future. There goes Biden's political future. Now they have aides that are being questioned by authorities that have really close ties to Hunter Biden, okay? So apparently, guess where else there were classified documents? Yeah, in Hunter's emails. Kathy Chung, Biden's executive assistant when he was vice president and the Pentagon's current deputy director of protocol, is among several former aides to the president to be interviewed by law enforcement, according to NBC News. 
These are the people who reportedly helped move materials and belongings from Biden's office at the end of the Obama administration in 2017. We're talking about years that he's had these documents. Donald Trump had them for less than two years and they raided his home. They weren't locked in his garage next to his Corvette. Not that Donald Trump would have a Corvette. So this woman spent five years working for Biden. She was good friends with Hunter. She kept uh, transmitting information about his father's schedule, passing messages from the then vice president, according to emails that are obtained from Hunter's abandoned laptop and been verified. Apparently, she had a relationship with him before she worked for his father. He recommended her for the executive assistant role when the previous holder of the job, Michelle Smith, departed the White House in the spring of 2012. Thanks for calling and thinking of me. Oh, my God. You just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's too much. You know, she worked for Ted Kaufman, the Delaware senator. She worked for Mark Udall, you know, a bunch of dregs of the Democrat Party. I can't wait till James Comer just starts digging in on all of this Biden stuff. But let me just tell you this. It's quite clear to me that the Democrat Party is not going to be standing behind Joe Biden. The media is, because, you see, they're too ashamed to admit that they were so wrong, but not the Democrat Party. They'll dump you as soon as there's a, you know, a, a, a moderately good reason. They don't need a good reason, just a little bit of a good reason. Joe Biden is about to you know, uh, be given the boot as unceremoniously as you've ever seen a boot be given. If you think Republicans were running away from Donald Trump, at least it was only half of them. The entire Democrat Party is going to run away from Joe Biden now, and who can blame them? Anyway, let me take a break. I uh, want to remind you to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. Make sure you have it on your phone so you can listen to all of my podcasts and all of the cool stuff that we have, uh, 24-hour break, uh, day breaking news. You can listen to shows you missed. You can do a lot of things. It's a great app to have. Or just visit the website, 850WFTL.com. Participate in all the contests and all that good stuff. In the meantime, I got a lot more to cover. And of course, at, nine, at uh, 12.30, my time, 9.30, his time, I'll be talking with Derek. I mean, obviously, the big news story in the world of entertainment is the death of Lisa Marie Presley. So he's got some inside information on that. Stay right where you are. Over 40 million American households use gas stoves. The type of power that these bureaucrats have should never, ever, ever have been given to any unelected person. You know, Commissioner Rich Trumpka Jr., he said, my guiding duty is protecting consumer health and safety. Gas stoves can emit dangerous levels of toxic chemicals, even when not in use. And the, uh, you know, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, whatever the heck it's called, will consider all approaches to regulation. So apparently this was just a misunderstanding. You know, I love when they do that, right? In Washington, they say, we didn't mean it. You know, the Rahm Emanuel the formerly miserably failed Chicago mayor and former Clinton official, you know, the one who walked in to the male bathrooms and accosted, I forgot who it was, uh, Paul Ryan or somebody, while they were taking a shower. 
you know, arm twisting. And then you get the, the our favorite, uh, how do we describe AOC accurately? She is, she is the genius of the left, right? So she says <laughs> that, uh, that it's not enough to have a gas stove in every room. You also need to turn on all burners before you go to bed at night. What? Did you know, this is what AOC wrote on her Twitter. Did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to reduced cognitive performance? What? What? Huh? Uh, there, she's like crazy. You know, they're literally insane. Did I, I, you, Somebody tweeted back to her, did you know every time you open your mouth, you're exposing the uh, reduced cognitive performance in your head? Quit stealing our oxygen. Oh, and by the way, uh, these people are just, numerous studies have shown that children as young as five years old uh, can be affected by anything, all right? They can be affected by by paint. They can be affected by their toys. Uh, you know, my producer was telling me about some toy that's been off the market or some device, children's device, that's been off the market literally for years. But some people had them and they might have given them to a neighbor and it's still killing kids, right? So th this kind of stuff happens. But I really don't think that, uh, you know, gas stoves are the cause of asthma or reduced cognitive performance. Maybe bad schools. That might have something to do with the reduced cognitive performance, right? And it's on both sides. You got you got uh, you got morons on on both sides. You have this uh, George Santos guy, you know, on the right, who's like willing, able, and ready to work. Yeah, but you're just an imposter, right? You know, you're not who you said you were. People are asking you to resign, and you just got there. You're a national embarrassment. So it's not just AOC on the left. It's George Santos on the right. You know, and, and, and the idea that this guy goes, I've lived an honest life. Could you have said anything other than that? I've never been accused of any bad doing. Wait a minute. Yes, you have not lived an honest life. You lied about all this stuff. And yes, you've been accused of that. All the people calling on me to resign, I beat them by double their margins on their victory because I outworked every one of them. And when he was asked about some mystery money that he has, like $700,000 in loans he gave himself for the campaign, he uh, didn't have much to say. I'll tell you where it didn't come from. It didn't come from China, Ukraine, or Burisma. Okay. I was elected by 142,000 people. And until those 142,000 people tell me they don't want me, which we'll find out in two years. So this guy's going to make $175,000 a year for two years. And he's a liar. And he's a, a fake and a fraud and a phony. Where can I sign up? You know, maybe when people keep telling me to run for office, I should take it more seriously. You know, I, I, at my age, if I could just get like two sessions in, you know, maybe just two, two congresses, one nineteen and one twenty, man, I, I I could put away, yeah, maybe half a million dollars, maybe more. Very lucrative, and uh, and apparently you don't even have to tell the truth to get it.
So that's why I say, you know, we're the ones who they have to answer to. And for some reason, we keep forgetting that and allowing them to fool us. I don't know if anybody saw, there was a, um, what's his name? Hank something. There's a congressman, the guy who said that Guam was going to tip over if too many people stood on one side of the island. I mean, you know, Hank Johnson, I think. Anyway, he's a blithering moron and a Democrat. Or is that, an, uh, you know, is that re repetitious? Anyway, um, now he's saying that the documents that... <laughs> This is this is beyond. I I I really I, sometimes I, I I think if I say these things to you, you're gonna think I'm crazy, or you know you're not gonna believe me. But this is actually what he said. He said that he believes the classified documents that were found in President Joe Biden's possession were planted. I'm calling for everything to be investigated, but I'm suspicious of the timing. I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. Things can be planted in places and then discovered conveniently. He said, that may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out. Wait a second. Wasn't it Joe Biden's lawyers that found this stuff? So he thinks that Joe Biden's lawyers planted stuff to take Joe Biden down. Actually, that's maybe not as crazy as, uh, as, as I thought it was. <coughs> Either way, I'm never surprised at anything that comes out of Hank Johnson's mouth, since, of course, Guam still hasn't tipped over. But we never know. It could capsize in the ocean if there's too many people there. Let me uh, take a break. When we come back, I'll be with my son, Derek, from TMZ. He's uh, under the weather, so I think he's working from home. But that doesn't stop him, doesn't stop me, doesn't stop any of us. You stay right where you are. I'll be back with my TMZ segment. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. It's one of those days where everything is uh, just upside down and sideways. And apparently my son, who left me with a horrible cold, has now got that horrible cold himself. How you feeling, kid? Uh you know, it, it's just—it's like we can't get on the right track all at the same time around this house. Someone <laughs> is always sick, and I uh, drew the short straw. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you know, you guys left and left me with a monster cold that's taken me weeks to get rid of. But, uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's just that time of year, flus and colds, and, of course, the never-ending saga of COVID. L.A.'s got some <laughs> crazy numbers again. Exactly. Well, I took a rapid test. So I don't have that yet, but uh, I've had it before, and this is kind of worse, I'll be honest with you. I so. agree. I agree. Yeah, a cold is still the worst thing. Now, you know, the, the saddest news came across the wire last night, and, you know, I text you immediately whenever I hear any celebrity news, but I have to tell you, I have actually struggled with Lisa Marie Presley's death overnight. It kept me up. And I feel really bad about it, and I, I can't put my finger on why. I guess maybe because that really is the end of Elvis. Yeah, you know, it was extremely eerie um, when the news came in and we sort of uh, ran down the story and, and figured out what was going on. She went into cardiac arrest, um, was taken to the hospital. She was put into an induced coma. 
And then she passed away. And I, I got to say, I didn't expect it to be that rapid. I thought there might have been a turn for the better, but it didn't turn out that way. And you're right. Everyone is, is, is grieving quite a bit in some way because of Elvis, the movie. She was just at the Golden Globes. I mean, this was Tuesday night. Uh, and she was very emotional while Austin Butler accepted his award and told her, her and Priscilla that her, and now she's passed. So it's a very, very emotional time. And you're right. The connection to the connections, direct connections to Elvis are few and far between now. Yeah. And I mean, uh, even in the case of, of his heredity, there was only the one son. She only had one son. I think the rest are all girls and he committed suicide a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's the really tragic sort of part of this all is her son, Benjamin, uh, committed suicide in 2020 uh, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He was only 27 years old. Uh, you're right. He would be a direct male descendant of Elvis. And mm-hmm. he's gone. She uh, posted a lot about her processing that grief and how it never goes away when you when you bury a child. And she was struggling. She did look frail at the Golden Globes. A lot of people are noticing and going through those videos now to look for clues. But 54 years old is just not not old at all no it's too it's too young for a heart attack but you know you have to be noting as have i that uh, we're seeing a lot of heart attacks and very young people i mean you know athletes healthy young people in high school and uh, and now people who probably had the best medical care possible is someone like lisa marie but uh, you know I, I i do think that um that you know, she has struggled. She had struggled for years with addiction, just like her father. And um, it wreaks havoc on the human body. There's no question about it. Yeah, you know, now everyone is reflecting, and she did. She had some, some troubles and travails in her life. I mean, you know, her, her father was 42 when he passed, and she was, I believe, only nine years old. So she grew up with that and carrying his legacy. Then she married Michael Jackson for a period of time, married Nicolas Cage. Those were tumultuous marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been through a lot in 54 years, and it's, it, it, it was absolutely shocking news, though. There are some people that you're sort of waiting for things. Uh, you know, you sort of have a sense that life is not going so well, but no one really thought this about Lisa Marie. Yeah. Well, we'll you know, I'm sure after a while we'll find out more. Again, as I say, it is unusual for a 54-year-old woman to have, a, you know, a cardiac arrest that results in her death, especially when they did regain a pulse from what the TMZ report says that, you know, that she was, uh, you know, her heart was beating when they got her to the hospital. Yeah, they uh, administered epinephrine, and, and they did report that there was a pulse at some right. point. Um but then she was never able to surface from the, the induced coma, so she passed away. Uh, well, listen, you know, the, there are, are plenty of stories about, you know, people passing on TMZ even just today. Evil Knievel's son, Robbie Knievel, dead at 60. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are young people. Yeah, you know, I mean, Robbie Knievel, it's hard to imagine a, a riskier path through life than jumping over the uh, the Caesars Fountain multiple times. I think he did something <laughs> more than 300 jumps in his career, really followed in his father's footsteps, jumped several times with his father, Evil Knievel, um, as early as when he was eight years old. And, you know, he passed away. He was in hospice care for a period of time, and he has also passed away. But what a legacy. I mean, there, if, you, if you just Google Robbie Knievel, and not even Evil Knievel's name on YouTube, you'll see the feats that he attempted, some of which he succeeded in. They are... 
maybe the most uh, sort of courageous jumping family in history, and they're certainly mm-hmm. synonymous with it one time trying to jump across the Grand Canyon. So the tributes are really pouring in for Robbie as well. Yeah, and apparently he uh, had a long struggle with pancreatic cancer. So, um, you know, that's a tough one. There are some cancers that are uh, curable, and then there are those that aren't. Well, how about some good news, though? The craziest uh, rap star in the universe, uh, clothing designer, has gotten married again, although you you guys couldn't find a marriage certificate, could you? Yeah, we haven't seen the official documents yet, but Kanye is wearing a wedding band, and we've got sources that are telling us that he did get married. He had some sort of wedding ceremony with a woman named Bianca Sensori, um, who's a beautiful uh, Yeezy architectural designer. She's worked with him for years. If you look on the website, you'll notice she sort of resembles Kim. I'm just yeah. going to sort of put that out there, that he has a type. Uh, yes. is quite beautiful and sort of exotic looking. And she dyed her hair blonde recently, and they were at the Waldorf Astoria having breakfast. So people started to look into it and say, who is this woman? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we found out that it's his wife. Mm. And he had a song that he put out that uh, was called Sensory Overload, and that's that was her last name. Yeah, and it's fascinating because the song that was put out, people didn't really put it together at that point, but there's a lyric in that song uh, about not being able to have sex while you're not married. Remember, Kanye is quite religious, right. and now people are putting together that, oh, he got married because he was dating her and, and, and wanted to have sex, and it was against his religious um, sort of principles to do so without marriage. So a lot of people are speculating about that. It's unclear, like I said. You know, Kanye is so erratic that it wouldn't shock me if there's no marriage certificate and this is just a spiritual ceremony. But nevertheless, I think Kim, his ex, is probably quite excited that he would have someone in his life and can maybe divert his attention and hopefully stabilize him a bit. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. Uh, She wasn't able to do it, so I don't know that anybody can. And now, of course, uh, you know, you guys also broke the story about T.J. Holmes and Amy Robach. Not only that they were having an affair, but now apparently they're going to sue ABC for what? Well, it remains to be seen. You know, they've lawyered up uh, because, remember, they're on uh, indefinite leave after the news of their romance uh, took over GMA. Um, They tried to just sort of power through it and have them on the air, but then quickly remove them because it was a huge distraction. And. Uh, an investigation was launched, an internal investigation to see when this romance began, uh, how, how, whether any company resources were used during the affair and so forth. Um, that's ongoing. They're not on the air. And now they're maybe getting a little nervous uh, about what, what that means, whether they'll be pushed out, whether they'll be terminated, constructively terminated. So they've got legal counsel, and that's what you do because they need to defend themselves in case the company um, rules against them. It tries to ruin ruin their careers, although, you know, this this kind of stuff doesn't seem to ruin people's careers anymore. As a matter of fact, it kind of makes them, uh, you know, uh, quirky and they get more press than they deserve. It does, but, you know, GMA, remember, Good Morning America is a wholesome show for the most part. And, you know, Amy used to go on that show with her now ex-husband, Andrew Shue, and they would talk about their lovely marriage and their blended family. And sometimes the values of morning program in particular are still mm-hmm. a bit old-fashioned, quite wholesome. So this is a bit more shocking. You're right. If this were a, you know, a reality show on E! or Bravo, uh, they'd fit right in. <laughs> this right. would be Real Housewives. This would be sweeps material. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Ezra Miller, apparently uh, he, he took a plea. He took a plea deal, huh? 
Yeah, look, I, I hope things are sort of turning around for Ezra. We cover him quite a bit, and his life was sort of uh, coming off the rails in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways. And just as he was getting very successful, he plays The Flash in, uh, in the you know Warner Brothers DC movies. Um, he's got that movie upcoming, uh, but there's been a lot of distractions with the law, one of which was in Vermont, where he was accused of burglary and trespassing. He's now copped the plea, um, only, ha- you know, pled to misdemeanor trespass, which is a very minor charge. He's got a year of probation. And in his statements to the press, he's now saying, look, I'm, I'm trying to get things back on track. He sort of acknowledges some of the mental instability in his life, and I hope he's able to, to sort of right the ship a bit because there's a very promising career there for Ezra. Yeah. And, and yeah, I thought he, you know, he, he had the world in his hand and then he kind of threw it away with this erratic behavior. But look, you know, mental health issues, uh, we're becoming acutely aware of how many of these celebrities have them. Look at Marvin Gaye's son, right? All of a sudden he's waving guns around. <laughs> I'm, I'm still yeah, trying to... Yeah, accused of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a wild few days of news. So we'll, we'll continue to track that one because... You hear Marvin Gaye and, and Gunn in the news, and your mind immediately goes to his father, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I realized we were watching when you were down, we were watching with the kids the Polar Express, and I never realized that uh, the, the little cartoon girl was actually played by Marvin Gaye's daughter, Nona Gay. <laughs> oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that either. You've just given me a piece of trivia. I only knew that Tom Hanks is a weird, creepy, lifeless eyes <laughs> as a conductor. <laughs> Yes, he did. Have it was him. the early days of that technology, and we were in the uncanny valley of whether they were human or animated, and it it was odd. But it didn't it didn't seem to alarm Nixon and Carter. No, it did not. And last but not least, did Shaq really eat frogs' legs live on the air? You know, Shaq is one of the most <laughs> colorful figures. I love his post-retirement. Yeah, he does this kind of stuff. Right. We. He's a real friend of TMZ in, in a lot of ways. You know, he'll always shout out Harvey. He's very friendly to our camera people. And he's absolutely, his post-retirement persona is maybe even more fun than he is playing days. So the frog legs are just are just icing on the cake. Yeah, well, he was, he must have lost a bet uh, when uh, it, TCU lost to Georgia in the championship, so he had to do it. Hey, that's right. No, you can't make. But he's this so stuff lovable. Up. Don't you love seeing Shaq just, you know, now losing bets and and paying them off live on the air? It's great. It's, yeah. He and Barkley and Kenny Smith are so much are the fun best. to watch. Yeah, I I agree. And and actually, you know, I went to see the movie Black Adam this week. Um, I don't recommend it, but uh, I've seen it. Yes, I, I don't recommend it either. Yeah, it was horrible. But but the Shazam using the word Shazam in it was kind of like a tribute to. Uh, to Will Smith and, and Shaq. You know, it's like... Well, Shaq is Kazam, and many people remember <laughs> it as a Shazam, but he was the genie in Kazam, which oh, is that also so? is not a very recommendable movie. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, well, I hope you feel better. Thanks for coming on in spite of your cold, and please check out the box that arrived at your house that apparently was intended for your Oh, nephews. I did, and it has your nephew, it has your grandson's gifts in it, so we will not open them. We'll, we'll pass them along. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, and they're sending you yours. Okay, bye, all guys. Right. You take care. All right, that, uh, that's, uh, that's all the news from California, from Celebrity Land. And uh, I'm going to take a final break and before I end the show, and I do want to remind you that uh, Ben Shapiro's coming up at 4 o'clock. First, Dan Bongino at 1 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, it'll be the WPTV local news to wrap up the week. And then, of course... 
Um, we'll begin this madness all over again on Monday morning with your morning crew. In the meantime, stay right where you are. I'll tell you, imagine this, right? You're, you turn on the news and you learn that the police have arrested a suspect in a very high-profile murder case. And you see the face of the person that's been arrested in the name, and it turns out to be the weird guy that you went on a date with like seven years ago, right? And you remember that evening because you couldn't wait to get rid of this guy and the creepiness of the guy himself. And then you suddenly realize that you had been alone in your dorm room with the man police believe is responsible for the brutal stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. That's the story that some young woman shared in a video, a TikTok video. I didn't get to see the video, but I read the article about it. A woman named Haley described the time she spent with accused killer Brian Kohlberger, whom she had connected with through online dating site Tinder. Everything I ever hear about Tinder scares me to death. I can tell you I'm glad there's a, you know, I'm glad I'm old and married. She said, my interactions with Brian were very brief. I don't know much about him. She noted that her interaction with Koberger lasted for 24 hours. We matched on Tinder. We talked for a couple of hours, and then he was like, hey, you want to go to the movies with me tonight? I was like, sure. So we went to the movies. We ended up going back to my dorm, and he kind of invited himself inside. I thought he was just going to drop me off, but this was not the case, she explained. So he wanted to watch another movie on Netflix, and I said, sure. He kept trying to touch me, not like inappropriately, just like trying to tickle me and like rub my shoulders and stuff. And I was like, why are you touching me? Haley said he would just get super serious. He's like, I'm not. And I'm like, you are though. And he's like, I'm not touching you. Kind of like trying to gaslight me into thinking that he didn't touch me, which was weird. She allegedly told Koberger she needed to use the bathroom and claimed that he followed her there. And then he followed me to the bathroom, which I thought was kind of weird. He didn't go in with me, but like he stood outside the door, she said. Haley wanted him to leave, but claimed she was socially awkward and didn't know how to do that. She finally pretended to throw up. It wasn't because I was scared of him or thought he would hurt me if I asked him to leave. It was just mostly because I'm socially awkward. I didn't know how to ask him to leave. Haley said she then received a message from Koberger on Tinder, which said he was leaving. An hour later, she received a second message in which he told her she had good birthing hips. She never spoke to him again. The New York Post contacted Haley, who said it was important for her to tell her story because it could have been so different. She told the Post, Brian was not even the creepiest or scariest Tinder date I've been on. I hope that if any young women see my story and think they're invincible, they learn that taking precautions when going on dates with people you meet online is so important. You think? Indeed. I just, I'm just so grateful that, you know, this is not something that I ever really had to experience or would want to experience. Really, it's just, uh, it's just terrible. Just, just awful. Um, the other story that, you know, that I wanted to talk about, I think I might do a podcast on it, a no restraint podcast, is, um, you know, the Department of Homeland Security is such a disaster, such a mess right now, and with Alejandro Mayorkas at its helm, it's just getting worse and worse every minute. But apparently, you know, it's pretty clear 
if you are observing what they do, how left-wing and loony they've turned the Department of Homeland Security in. What a left-wing loony outfit it is now. They have brainwashed people in the Biden administration, not just against Israel, but against the Jewish people. In a ceremony at the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities in Bethlehem, the DHS's investigative arm delivered to the Palestinian Authority a 2,700-year-old spoon dating from the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians are an ancient people that, uh, it was around 2000 BCE in Mesopotamia, which is, of course, modern-day Iraq. They developed this empire that included a lot of the Middle East, Egypt, Babylonia, Israel, Cyprus, and it collapsed around 600 BCE. The spoon, which is thought to have been used to load incense onto fires during rites that were dedicated to the Assyrian gods and the dead, was actually seized from the Jewish-American billionaire Michael Sternhart as part of a criminal probe in New York. And in a deal he struck to avoid prosecution, Steinhardt agreed in 2021 to turn over $70 million worth of stolen antiquities that the authorities claim were illegally acquired in Israel. The special agent in charge, Ivan Arveo, um, in charge of the Homeland Security Investigations in New York, described the transfer of the spoon to the PA as the historic repatriation of the artifact. In a similar effusive vein, George Knoll, the head of the U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs, what Palestinian, called the spoon an example of Palestinian cultural patrimony. This is all utter garbage. It was not an act of repatriation because the spoon never belonged to the cultural patrimony or the storied heritage of a Palestinian people. There were no Palestinian people in antiquity. The Palestinian people didn't exist, as my friend Robert Spencer pointed out yesterday on the show, until it was invented in the 1960s in a strategy that was cooked up by Yasser Arafat, who, by the way, was Egyptian. And then he became the head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization in cahoots with the Soviet Union. During the 20s and the 30s, many of the Arabs who were the 20th century ancestors of today's so-called Palestinians poured into what is now Israel and all the disputed territories from neighboring Arab states in pursuit of the prosperity they believed would result from the return of the Jews. They knew, they knew that when the Jews came back, there would be prosperity. But they've gone to these ridiculous lengths to assert that they are the original inhabitants of the land. They're claiming to be descended from the Philistines, who were in fact Greek. Muhammad Abbas has claimed that the Palestinians are indigenous to Israel because they are descended from the Canaanites. We're the Canaanites. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. In any event, the people who lived in Canaan during the Bronze Age were made of all different kinds of ethnic groups. But hey, don't confuse the Department of Homeland Security with facts, okay? Read uh, Melanie Phillips' latest post on the ancient spoon and the mischief against Israel, as usual, the Democrats. And by the way, there's a whole shift taking place. I saw an article, uh, be talking about it in one of my podcasts, um, literally, that uh, their anti-Semitism is right out in the open now. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here on 
Um, well, Monday is the uh, uh, Martin Luther King Day. We'll have a special show then. And then Tuesday, we'll return to normal programming right here on 850, if it be his will and he delays his coming. In the meantime, may God bless you this weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. And may God bless the United States of America. Rest in peace, Lisa Marie and Diamond. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.